The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. It is the Unpack podcast presented by acmepackingcompany.com and SB Nation talking about your Green Bay Packers. We are on Twitter at the Unpack Pod on Instagram for no reason at the Unpack Pod. I am Zach Rapport, dialing it in from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Like the person who said Justice Mosqueda is a godsend to the world of Packers podcasts. <laughs> Speaking of justice. What's up? Uh, <laughs> godsend is. Can you talk to my girlfriend about that? She's been, <laughs> she's been on me a little bit since football season started. Yeah. I think she forgot. She was because I had XFL stuff before. So I wasn't like football, football season, like the last probably like year and a half and now she's like oh no i forgot you just like become a tape gremlin yeah shut down where did justice go <laughs> yeah yeah oh, watching man. a lot less uh a lot fewer college football games this season make time for the girlfriend but i think it's yeah. worth it i think it's worth it based off of uh what i've seen of college football this year <laughs> compromises were made speaking of compromises still on the free zoom time limit today are we getting that corporate account or what <laughs> they told me like two months ago that we were going to get it. So this might just be like an ongoing bit. I kind of want to see. I hope they don't listen to this. I kind of want to see like how long we can go without them even like remembering that they promised me that we were going to get this damn Zoom account like two months ago. Honestly, it's like a it's it's a bit for me if anyone is listening. I think it's funny. Also, I um I like the the time limit for me as like a producer who usually has um. Ben and Alex with me who who are out this week. It's it's fun to like keep the tempo up and be like, all right, guys, we got like 32 minutes. Let's get let's get this done. Um also shot clock. Yeah. I'm shot just, clock. I'm Dangerous. just busting your chops. I mean, some friendly chop busting, I feel like is decent content one oh one. So we're right in there. <laughs> <laughs> I I saw you guys are still calling uh text the corporate overlord, which was, is nice. Yeah. You uh you declined that title, it sounds like. Too many uh I I just thought you know, too many board shorts, <laughs> too many board shorts I'm wearing a hat. Right. I'm wearing a flat bill hat right now. A, ho- a hoodie from my high school football. Team nah, that see, I that's just that's just modern CEO stuff, right? You're just cool. You're just you're down here with the with the <laughs> cool plebs, but you're just the cool boss. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, we'll get some pool tables and stuff for the uh, some ping pong. Room, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, uh, pay for a happy hour. That'll make up for not paying everyone enough money. <laughs> We're just getting deep into my life as working for 
startups my whole life. All right, let's not do that. Let's talk about football because um, some football happened this weekend. Some good football happened. The Packers beating the San Francisco 49ers. I was happy to be wrong about this game. 30 to 28 was the, the final score. And we will start as we always do with our notable nuggets, hashtag note nugs, hashtag branding, tweet at us at the unpack pod after every game with your bite-sized takeaway. I will start, and I guess this really isn't bite-sized, but I wanted to get your take on this justice. I feel like I, I kind of realized this halfway through, even when the game was was in doubt in, in the second half, the, the, the Packers fielded, for this game only at least, they fielded a better roster, I think. They fielded a better team. And they coached a better game. And I think that Packers fans should feel so good about this win. I'm not saying that they're like Super Bowl bound. I'm just saying that this is a type of performance against a type of opponent that this team has lacked in previous years. And so it feels good. And I just I said at the beginning of the season, I'm just here to enjoy the football. And I just want to make sure people remember to enjoy the football. That's what it's all about. And we got treated to a good one on, on Sunday night. It felt good to, to play a good team, a well-coached team and feel like you were just better than them. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, everyone nationally uh, felt the same way. If you looked at the ratings, um, they had like the highest rated uh, Sunday night football game in like six years or something like that. So people enjoyed it. Um, It's nice to see green Bay coming out with a win at the end, I guess. Yeah. I guess the big thing for me, in terms of that, in terms of like quality football play is that the defense seems like they know who they are now. Um, They realize kind of what personnel was in the room. I think New Orleans, the more we look at that game, the more it looks like it sticks out like a sore thumb, even in terms of like quarter by quarter, like New Orleans game first quarter was just such a mess. Everything spiraled. Um, I don't think that it's uh, a reflection of what we're going to see the rest of the season. And, you know, they're blitzing more. They're not just staying back, sitting back and being conservative. Um, they're just in formations defensively. So it's nice to see everyone kind of ball out on defense, too. I mean, the defensive line played probably their – I mean, not even probably. They played their best game of the season yep. against Kyle Shanahan, who's supposed to be boy genius. So that's a great sign. Yeah. I don't know if that's your if that's your notable nugget, but I did want to uh, – we were chatting a little bit earlier today. I wanted to get a, a Justice Mosqueda – vibe check patent pending on on joe barry after after this game because we've we've all i think you've been the most like let's wait and see out of all of us at at the blog there's a lot of people two games in who are just firing off the takes anti joe barry takes are we feeling any better about it or is it good roster bad coaching where where are we at here what's the vibe yeah so i'm gonna loop it back to the notable nug my notable nug dean lowry Signs of life. Hey, that's, that's that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, my uh, my vibe check on the defense after watching the game. I think I said I was like a a seven. I'm up. I'm up to an eight. Um, just watching how they deployed some of these guys to to combat some of these formations was really interesting. Um, they would do things like uh, so against the Shanahan offense, right? All those boot systems. What you're really worried about is the quarterback rolling to his right, right? Yep. You fake the you fake the run to the left, you roll to the right. Why the right? Because it's easier to throw when you're running to the right than when you're running to the left as a right-handed quarterback. So they would do certain things like uh, put both outside linebackers on the same side, on the on the offense's right side. 
So you would basically have one outside linebacker chase the run, the other play the boot, um, stuff like that. So it's like they knew they knew what the formations were bringing them defensively, and they would get into the right calls based off of the formations. I thought that was really interesting. Um, just in general, the tight splits that San Francisco gives you really stresses the defense in a lot of ways in that, like, uh, they'll have just, like, George Kittle on the line of scrimmage, right, and then no one outside of him. Now the corner's in the run fit. Now there might be a problem. And because the team doesn't flip their cornerbacks, um, the corners are in the run fit a whole lot. Uh, they would also do things like uh, move the wide receivers into the formation in that, like, the wide receiver isn't lined up as tight end, but, like, if he stretches arm out long enough, you know, he might be able to touch the defensive end or outside linebacker inside of him. That cre- creates the same type of problems where it's like, now your corner has to be the edge setter. And kind of the way Green Bay played it was you can play whoever on the field. You can get use check out there. You can get Kittle out there. You can line them up at wide receiver so you could spread us out, even though we're in base. But we're just going to expand to everything and we'll contract to everything. I mean, there's plays where Rashawn Gary has like outside leverage on like a X wide receiver out all by himself because he's tied into the formation just because Green Bay won't give you that short edge so you can run outside run plays. So their plan was basically interior. We're going to handle this by alignment. We're just going to play our, our, our normal base, which is basically a bare front. So you have three guys basically from guard to guard, and that's supposed to shut down the inside run, right? Just in terms of human flesh, just a lot of human weight <laughs> on the inside, right? And then on the outside run, they just stretch you out and hope that the safeties are able to run downhill and catch up to it before you can turn up the sideline. And they were able to do it. The safeties in this game, have to be really aggressive in the run game, and they have to trigger very quickly. Um, that's not really specific to the scheme as much as it is like quarters coverage in general. But the the safeties are flying, man, and and that's really good to see. Yeah, I know. In week one, we we chatted a little bit back and forth. You were I was asking you to help me feel a little bit better about this defense and and about Joe Barry. And you said, listen, right now the front seven has four NFL guys on it the defense is playing much better now and it feels like they're only going to get healthier I mean we're without Z right now so you feel like the trajectory is is going in the upward direction yeah I mean Lowry got some plays on so Brunskill the right guard is the worst offensive lineman that they've seen through three weeks yeah. and they let San Francisco know it they sent everything his way yep. um, they they often baited uh, San Francisco into running right which meant that Brunskill they were basically running behind Brunskill who had a one-on-one matchup with Kenny Clark because Kenny Clark actually played the end uh, this game instead of nose tackle. So they were able to get him on matchups and he did really well in that. Um, I looked at PFF because I still have PFF ultimate from when I was working at, with the XFL. <laughs> so I was able to filter down all the stuff. Uh, he played something like 13 plays as like a, how to explain it? Like an under tackle, like a three tech outside shoulder of uh outside shoulder of the guard. Yeah. So basically like a D tackle that isn't like a nose tackle. Right. Um, he played 13 plays and he had seven quote unquote key plays. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. 50% of the time you're, you're making a key play. Um, I'll take that matchup every time. And then Dean Lowry on the other side, when he wasn't beating up Brunskill, um, which he did a couple of times, he also uh, beat um, Tomlinson, the other guard. So, you know, Lowry was able to, I, I, I this is probably a less athletic guard combo than what they saw in the first two weeks. Um, but, 
you know, he showed that he still has enough quickness at that size where if you're going against a slow guard, like he's going to be able to cross his face a couple of times. So that was nice to see after two weeks of just basically being, you know, blanked up front. Yeah, definitely. Let's get some uh, some listener note nugs as we go to Twitter at the unpack pod. Ben Saylor tweets in Mason, and I cannot stress this enough. Crosby, the silver fox, man, the old man. Getting it done, <laughs> booting it through every time. Yeah. I mean, what, three, three, quote unquote, key plays for Mason, right? Yep. So we got oh, the tackle, the two long field goals, and then using the sideline as a defender. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit of uh, special teams a little bit later because I do want to want to touch on that play. But speaking of special teams, another uh, note note coming in from PJ. He says, Can we give a nod to Corey Bohorquez? Uh, impeccable hold. All love to, to JK but he was way too twitchy. I wanted to pause on this one for a second uh, to give some love to Corey Bohorquez, but also to say that like the, the jig is up fellow uh, white people who help cover the Packers. You, you had enough time, 36, 48 hours to learn how to pronounce this name. It's not that hard. It's not that hard, man. Come on, get it right. <laughs> Hispanic heritage month too. Wow. I can't, I can't believe the it. disrespect. I can't believe it guys. I don't want to, like, I don't know. I'm going to throw like, Whatever I'm going to, I listened to, um, Tom Silverstein and I think it's Ryan Wood. They do their podcast, uh, which I really like. I think they have great, um, insights. They've been doing it a long time, but they are both so sure that they are pronouncing that name correctly. And they're just not. And someone needs to tell them <laughs> there's no, oh, no, there's, he said it like in the presser too. Yeah. And those guys must've been there for it, man. Let me in, this. let me in the pressers. Damn it. Let's get this guy some, some credentials, man. They're so sure it's Quez. It's not Quez, guys. It's not Quez. I know. I know. I always mess up uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. See that one because that's actually a first name, Quez. though. Yeah. So there's a little he more. He actually says it that way. There's more wiggle room. A last name that's based in like a Latin language. It's like there's no wiggle room there. It's always K. Always. <laughs> we talked about this. You corrected me. I had 24 hours. I got it. I'm just saying, man. You know, you guys, you work for. It's a real paper. Come on, guys. All right. <laughs> Let's move on. One one final note, Nug. Um, and it is a it is a haiku from Joe at work. So I'm gonna do him the honor of playing playing the music here and opening the spot a little bit early, and we'll go back there after the break here. But Joe tweets in his haiku. Head coach Matt LaFleur should never ever defer. We thought. Now for sure. I want to get your take on that, Justice. Um, traditionally, a team that has deferred, even dating back to before um, Lafleur for a while, a big fan of deferring, didn't do it uh, this week. Um, some would say it paid off. Others would say it made it a tight game after the half. I don't know how you feel. I think just after the first two games of the season, they won the ball first. Yeah, you know, I I, I think that's a bigger issue. You know, in terms of you, you can't go down anymore because if you go down, you know, teams are going to start off in too high stuff. Like it's just happened three weeks in a row. So they're, it, you're going to start out a game and they're going to make you run the ball first. And if you sputter at all and they get a lead on that first one, then they have the ball. They have the lead. It's it's a it's a tough game to play. So I think you want the ball first. You want to kind of get that lead before they can kind of establish their run game. I mean, look at what San Francisco did. They hardly ran the damn ball this whole this whole uh, week. I think they got a long of like uh, 16 yards, 
If you would have told me going into a Kyle Shanahan Green Bay Packers matchup that Kyle Shanahan's longest run was going to be 16 yards, I would have taken it. Yep. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Um, We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to do news and haikus and maybe some cues. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how we feel. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. All right, we are back. Ad breaks now, huh? Got to pay those bills, man. <laughs> <laughs> they told us to. I mean, I'm listening to my corporate over- overlords and I just relay the message to you guys. So. so we joke, we call you a corporate overlord. We call tax a corporate overlord. You guys have corporate overlords who have their own corporate, just a giant pyramid scheme. Capitalism. That's what the second half of the show is about. Capitalism. Every, everything's a pyramid scheme. Oh we're all going to realize like, wait, we're all just doing this to get rid of our student debt? Right. <laughs> crazy this is all going to yeah universities um i will uh i'm gonna i'm gonna read a haiku i you don't i didn't i, I told you, you you didn't have to have one i don't i don't want to put you on the spot if you have one great if oh you don't, i got one. Oh, you got i got one. one. Oh, awesome yeah i'm ready the brand is strong baby all right i'm gonna go first we're gonna cue the music we're gonna enter the spa the spa that specializes in twee na that's the kind of massage that that ben likes I personally, I'm going to out myself as someone who's never gotten a massage. I don't want, I just don't want anybody to touch me ever, basically. All right, that's not the haiku. Here we go. Refs have a hard job. I'm not saying it's easy. Just saying they suck. Can we fix this? Can we, can we, what, I... This is this is the part of the show where I just sputter out because I'm so frustrated with something. I just I there's a lot of penalties both ways, calls and and non-calls that I think were frustrating to a lot of people in this game. To me, the thing that was most frustrating um was the ball spotting. And that is a thing that has been it's never didn't think I would say bugaboo on this episode, but that's been a bugaboo for me. It's a thing that just has bothered me for years, ball spotting. I don't remember. There was a third down spot that it was, it must have been five feet off and it was so obvious. And, you know, you, you're you a little bit more inside than me. Maybe you can tell me why they haven't um, addressed this low hanging fruit. But to me, ball spotting, 
feels like a very easy problem to fix. We have the technology. It wouldn't, it's a billion dollar league, guys. It wouldn't even be expensive. Yeah, I'll ask Sam Schwartzstein, who is in charge of like all the rule stuff for the XFL. I remember it came up one time, but it is kind of absurd, right? I, I, I looked up on Twitter today and they, they told me, the Twitter bird tur- told me that Amazon has like a home drone that you can buy now. So you can get a, ho- a drone oh, yeah. for your house oh, for yeah. when you're out of the house. But we can't figure out how to get this ball placed outside of like 60 year olds just eyeballing it. I can't tell you technically how you would do it, but you can put like digitally, it would cost basically nothing. You could put a marker on, on both ends of the football and then you just have something that scans the field. It could literally just tell you there are companies that know where all of their assets are down to like the square inch at all times ever billion dollar league guys. And, and at this point, like gambling is legal, a lot of money riding on these things. Just get it right. Get it right. I'm uh I'm sending a message to Sam right now. Hopefully we get it uh before before the pot is over. That's He's what usually that's what I'm it, talking but... about when I say the technology exists. I mean, literally there's a technological solution. Take it out of the old guy's hands who's just like standing there on the sideline and then the freaking chain links like I I get it from a hearkening back to a bygone era kind of thing, but it's like, there's too much money on the line here. Come on. What are we doing? Well, I, I, don't I don't get know. it. Integrity of the game, I guess. You can't you can't hack a ref. I mean, but speaking Which, of integrity, maybe and we, should. we will get to your haiku, but I, one more one more ref point. The, the no call on the Devontae Adams hit, and I heard, um, I think it was, I think it was, again, Tom Silverstein, not to, not to blow him up, but thinking that basically um, the no call was fine because the, the, the injury, which ultimately was a chest um, injury, got the wind knocked out of him, proves that it was not a hit to the head. That is, first of all, false. It does not prove that it was not also a hit to the head. You know what proves that it was? My eyes watching the replay. And I don't care I, it's just a, if player safety is going to be bugaboo. Second time, a bugaboo for the league. If they really cared, you have a booth judge call down on those plays and just say, hey, that was a foul every time. And you just, it's going to be a pain in the ass for a year while they figure it out. And then eventually players are going to change the way that they play. But if you really care about players not getting the crap knocked out of them like that, then you you make that change. I don't know. It seemed, again, seems like an easy fix to me. Yeah. I, that That point of, it can be the chest, but also the head at the same time. I mean, we saw Devontae's chin strap basically move up to like his nose. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure his chest took most of that. But I mean, it sure looked like his head hit, especially live. I mean, you know, post game after you hear Devontae talk about it and, you know, Rogers being like, I don't know how this guy is alive. Uh, and then Devontae just being like, yeah, I got the got the wind knocked out of me. Um, that's tough. I mean, I don't know if that explains him laying on the ground like that either i mean i've gotten the wind knocked out of me in football games before it, yeah it's not fun it's very it's a very weird feeling yeah but like you're not you don't look dead on the ground when it happens it's yeah. more like you're catching your breath and you're like what what the hell just hit me yeah and he said he did say that that's what he was doing was was laying there trying to trying to catch his breath but i was holding my breath that whole time thinking you know this is it could be a concussion it could be as a packers fan we've seen a few of these career enders like that didn't look totally dissimilar. I mean, he goes down and the the body just kind of 
goes limp in a way you're like, oh man, that's he does not <laughs> does not feel good. So I don't know. Why don't we uh, why don't we lighten the mood and uh, move on to your haiku and um, just get back in the get back in the spa. The beady curtain rattles. Clark at the end worked. Warren Burks has the foot speed. Time to make the switch. I'm ready. I'm ready it. for it. I, I saw it. Summers play like one half, and I'm I'm already done with Summers at inside linebacker. Yeah. What is he? So here's a question because I've heard you give this take and, and a few others as well, in terms of Summers, kind of just not being it, guys. Um, what does he do well that is like NFL worthy? in terms of contributing to this Packers team, or is he just is he just kind of like a bubble guy perpetually who, who makes the team? There's got to be a reason. Is it special teams? Which is a valid answer. I mean, last game, he let a guy run right by him. So I don't even know if it's special teams. I mean, he's playing a lot on special teams. Maybe that bigger body does help in like uh, like punt team if, if he's part of the shield. I haven't paid that much attention, but... I guess on defense, it's like as an inside run fitter, but even then he's not really necessarily making the tackles as much as taking a block and just not getting blown off the ball, which I guess would kind of be the worry for Burks. But when they're playing inside run the way that they are and they're just stacking bodies in the inside, at least in base, I I don't understand why why Burks couldn't necessarily be out there. I mean, I guess maybe in nickel um, when you're down a body and you really need to fit the run with that inside backer, I guess you could use Summers, but that's not how they're using them right now. I mean, they're basically using them as every down other than like pressure downs and then putting Burks in. I think, you know, Burks could probably play base a little bit. This is like the man, every, the middle of every season, we have a conversation on this show where we're like, how come this person who is the, like the least worst, just a guy linebacker isn't getting more snaps. It's we're always talking about these players who, ah, man, Linebacker, man, as a Packers fan, it's just, it's a bugaboo. <laughs> it is. Um, I got I got word back from uh, Sam. Again, he he's he's usually good about this. He loves this. Stuff. He's our rules analyst. <laughs> yeah, he's our he's our rules and our XFL rules analyst. That's uh, yeah, tapping in for this one. He says, uh, location of the ball is in the middle of it. You then need to write a script for calculating where the front of the ball is or start spotting from the middle. Mm. You then need to determine how a player is down. Is that still by eyeball? If not, you need to add another mechanism to signify when a player is down. So I guess that's the bigger issue, right? It's it's not that we can't put a chip in the ball. It's that yeah. the chip doesn't know when a player is when down. A player is so it down. doesn't know right. where the spot is. There's got to be some like futuristic movie where they're playing some game that kind of solves this problem i don't know they all got Can't sensors put, like, in their knees you can put like, yeah you can put like <laughs> sensors in like an elbow pad or like a knee pad if they got shoulder if they got chips in the shoulder pads yep then we could put some sort of sensor on elbows and knees full tron man t2 we'll just get them we'll just get them all suited up <laughs> we'll just have robots do it no i don't want that i don't want that fewer robots fewer uh amazon drones flying home, around the house home I don't drones know are they that. flying around inside the house or outside like oh it's inside the house gotcha. but i was i was very confused i was like who is asking for indoor drones in their house yeah just kind of circulating from room to room yes yeah, just like another thing to house. dodge we already have too many things man clutter all right let's move on before i let you go as they say in the biz um let's get some twitter questions 
not Ryan, tweets in. He says, can anyone ever sort out Green Bay's special teams or is that unit just doomed to be the special teams version of the <laughs> Jaguars quarterback room? Ouch. Well, first of all, I wanted to highlight this uh, this question because um, the I he's referring to I think in this moment the 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 kick return that they gave up, which is a classic Packers move. You, you a big score, and then you give up uh, a big return. But and I want your opinion on this. I feel like overall it's not fair to say special teams has not been good this year. I think it's been a marked improvement. Oh, for sure. Um, the only thing that worries me about special teams, I mean. Some of those plays are going to happen. Um, they haven't been happening often, um, at least often enough to kind of complain about it, I think, um, from my perspective. But the one thing you worry about is when LaFleur is talking about special teams and he's like, yeah, they're doing a really good job of keeping the guys engaged and getting excited about special teams. And I'm like, that feels very high school. Like, yeah. this is this is your job. Someone's got to go track down that ball and make a tackle. This isn't this shouldn't be like a an effort thing, you know, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. You've got some experience there. Is that a problem NFL-wide? Do certain people, just uh, a lot of players, like not care? Do other teams have problems motivating their special teams' rooms? Not really, because then the players get cut, yeah. you know? Or or they become inactive. I mean, right. I guess... Because no, it does seem like, for Packer, the most part, if you're in that room, it's because you need to do that job or you're not on the team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's buddy this isn't a choice this is how you get paid this week <laughs> yeah want that game checks on <laughs> yeah let's sure sure hang that over you uh, we got another uh, another <laughs> question and i like this one from glenn on twitter he says um what does big bob do with nick bosa's soul now that he owns it <laughs> i wanted to highlight this um for a few reasons and one is because I haven't gotten to play the Big Bob sounder. Big f***ing Bob. Already pre-beeped for USB Nation folks. Uh, <laughs> Tanyan the blocker um, was not necessarily something I expected coming into this this year. A lot of people expected, I guess, a regression to the mean in terms of like, oh, he had such an outstanding offensive year last year and, and it seems logical that he wouldn't be... Um, he wouldn't stand out as much this year. That seems not to be true as well. It seems like he's becoming a more well-rounded tight end. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I think it's nice. You know, I think Green Bay probably thought that a little bit going into the season too. I don't know how much of a look they really gave him with the way that they, you know, rotate their tight end bodies, I guess is the way I would say. I don't know what we call Daphne anymore. Yeah. Um, but they're playing all of them. Um, so you would think that like, even in practice, he's getting pulled out of certain formations and certain sub packages and stuff. So, um, fil film, the eye in the sky doesn't lie. Right. Um, film proves all. So if Tanya is that as a blocker, I mean, that's great. He might not come off the field anymore and they might start using Mercedes Lewis as like a two tight end guy instead of him just being out there. But yep. Mercedes was getting after it with Bosa too. I don't know if you saw it. There was a, there's a couple of clips going around of him just like getting real chippy. Real chippy with an all pro who's like half his age. Yep, I think I think that was honestly part of the game plan. Part of the game plan is let's make Bosa think a quarter second longer than he usually does about whether, like you know, like what 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 what's going on, what he's getting himself into on a, on any given play. Um, and I think it it worked flawlessly. I mean, we didn't touch on the offensive line yet. We've talked about it in the feed a lot this week, but. 
Um, it worked great. A bunch of who are these guys as far as other teams are concerned on the offensive line and and they played great. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely not a lot of film from from those guys, um, especially Nyman. I mean, Nyman, basically, you're just going off of like preseason snaps to figure out what he brings to the table. And yep. that was kind of a surprise decision, too. Right. I mean, maybe San Francisco didn't even plan for Nyman. Maybe th- they thought they, they were going to get, you know, Billy Turner out of left tackle and Dennis Kelly at right tackle. That's probably, you know, gun to my head probably would have been what I would have said yep. that the Packers should have done coming into the game. But, you know, obviously it worked out for him. So I think it's we nice were all surprised. And um, and I think I, I owe Nyman an apology because the news came out that he was starting left tackle. And I thought, firstly, what are what are we doing here? And secondly, we are going to lose by more than I originally thought we were going to <laughs> to lose by. None of that turned out to be true. They did give him help, um, but no matter who, unless it's Bakhtiari, who again is an elite left tackle, um, unless it's a player of that caliber, you're giving them help with guys like Bosa and and everyone else on their defensive um, defensive front. I mean, it's a a, a great team. It's a no joke team, and this offensive line should be really proud. Yeah, I mean, just a hell of a team win. You saw all the guys tweet about it afterwards. I think every single one of them used <laughs> used the term team win, and it really did take every single person on that team to get this one done. Yeah, I just wish that Aaron Rodgers wasn't so apathetic though about this season. <laughs> yeah, I wish he would. Uh, yeah, I wish he still had you know motivation to play the year, and he wasn't just tanking games. Just doesn't have out. the fire. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> what quarterbacks do is, you know, they're approaching 40 and they just, you know, toss a year. Yeah. That's very, very, uh, very common in the NFL these days. Right? Yep. Yep. Just lackadaisical. Whatever. Can't wait for the off season. I'm trying to think if I got any more questions for you while I have such a uh, great source of information here. Here's a question. Um, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, MVS comes up injured in this game. We don't quite yet know. Um, the extent of the injury, I don't think, as of as of taping this right now, 5.45 p.m. Mountain Time on Tuesday afternoon. Um, if he misses time, what does Matt LaFleur do to compensate? How does that change the team? I mean, we talked all offseason about how you need a guy like that to take the top off. He's gone. How does it change? I mean, it would sure change a lot. You know, they're able to hit Lazard a lot of times on, like, play action shots and stuff like that. Um, he's not really a matchup guy as much as he is like a play action shot guy. Cause you, I guess you don't think of him going deep. Um, Devonte, obviously like you can throw to him in tight coverage and he'll just come down with the ball. But I would think the way that they try to get speed on the field is probably, I mean, we've seen it a couple of times. They go split back gun, right. And they start using Aaron Jones as like a lateral threat and then have another running back as like an inside run threat, which I guess would be AJ Dillon. Now that Jamal Williams is out. Or you could go down the road of like, hey, Malik Taylor. Do we need to get Malik Taylor some reps? Because yep. he, he's definitely a guy who can fly downfield. But if you're trying to add speed, you know, the vertical threat is Malik and the lateral threat is Aaron Jones out of two back sets instead of just being in single back. So I think that's probably the route they go down. Hopefully MBS is fine because that would be a huge hit. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned A.J. Dillon, and I, that brought to mind one more question that I, I wanted to ask you about because I've heard this bandied about a bit i think in our feed but but uh, other smart people as well wondering um short yarded situations and especially in the red zone 
It's you know Matt Lafleur has a tendency to to get cute, to get clever, and it's really fun when it works. But sometimes it doesn't work, or sometimes it's just a bad throw. That's the w- the way it goes. You got a guy like AJ Dillon on the roster. Why not use him in those situations? I I'm with you. I, I'm cool with running the ball. The closer you get to the end zone, um, I think passing the ball, especially you know when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, is probably the right thing to do unless teams are playing too high on you and they're playing 15 yards off the ball with the safeties and they're just begging for you to pound it down their throat. But the closer you get to the goal line, I agree. And AJ Dillon, I think he's going to be a guy, you know, once it gets colder, right. Once it gets colder, once the weather starts acting up a little bit, I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of him. And I thought it was interesting that like every game, even new Orleans, I think the second drive of that new Orleans game where it, where it seems like the team, quickly Justin is like hey we we need to run the ball like inside actually yeah like right now Dylan finds his way into the game so it, it'll be interesting to see how that works out I don't know how much I formation stuff they want to do when DeGuara you know he's just coming off of a concussion and Daphne you know just went on IR um they don't really have another like fullbacky type of guy I yeah. guess is the way to say it like Tanyan's not lining up in the backfield like that right so I, I think that probably hurts AJ Dillon's production a little bit just in terms of like what they can like game plan going into a week. Yeah. Um, but I think down the stretch, you know, he, he's definitely going to be a, in a, a factor, especially against like, you know, three, four defenses. If you can get them in base and there's that bubble over the guard, you know, if they're covering your tackle, they're covering your center. Well, we could just run it behind the guard then. Um, I guess maybe. You know, the youth of that interior offensive line might play against that. Um, but, hey, they're going to have to make plays at some point. Yep. So, Yep. And you mentioned cold weather. I guess that if I'm being charitable, maybe it's that they're saving him for those those games. You want fresh legs in late, uh, late, late November, sometimes early November in Green Bay, but all the way into December, you know, it's fourth quarter. It's cold as all get out. And then you got Quadzilla coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> on a third yeah, and two defenses not, don't want to see the that titans ask the titans it's not fun yeah hitting that guy every single time and yeah if if the changeup then becomes yeah aaron jones is off the bench that's that's not fun either and then kylan hill kylan hill is doing great as yep. far as i'm concerned i know he's not getting the ball a lot on the offensive side he got it in the preseason he was a guy who kind of surprisingly dropped down the draft i think everyone kind of consensusly had him like as like a fourth round talent um, but the way that the running backs came off the board was kind of weird and he just ended up getting left over once the team's picking for need basically um, were out. So between that, the fact that he's showing a little bit on kickoff returns, I mean, I'd, I'd rather have him out there on punts than Amari right now with the way yeah. Amari's playing. But yeah, I mean, that that's a fun three-headed backfield because I all three of those guys can get the rock and I think all three of them can get you first downs. Yep. I agree. And I, I think that's a podcast. I'm going to hit the polka. And Justice, thank you so much for hopping on short notice. Pinch hitting for Alex and Ben, who appreciate it. And that's it, guys. Packers beat the 49ers, and it feels damn good. Keep it locked into the feed. We got lots more content for you all week long. Reporting is eligible. We'll be up next. Intercepted. Uh, who are you? Who are you uh, chatting with this week? I'm not sure yet. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. Wait and see. All Throw right, you no spoilers. Got to tune in to see. Um, 
So like, subscribe, all that fun stuff on Twitter at the Unpack Pod. I am Zach Rapport at Zach Rapport on Twitter. If you want to talk to me there for some reason, I don't know. That's it. All right, guys, go pack go. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.